So it's my great privilege to introduce our uh, guest speaker for the evening, Tim Stanion. Uh, before he does speak, let me uh, say something about him. So, so I've known Tim a number of years now through, through youth work and uh, schools work. We've been in, we were going into schools every week, weren't we? The two schools. And, uh, and just great to have the opportunity to do that, but also spend time with Tim in, in prayer and eating breakfast before we go in. So that was, a, <laughs> that was great. And Tim's got a real heart for God's word, and I know he'll express something of that. But Tim is now, uh, he's been serving at Trinity, but now serving uh, friend, working for Friends International. You'll unpack that a bit more. Yeah, yeah. But uh, he's also a dad. <laughs> he's he's come, stepped into the world of fatherhood. Yeah. That makeup is hiding those bags under their eyes tonight, I'll tell you mate. What, That's, uh, it really is. If I fall asleep during this sermon, if you uh, fall asleep in your own sermon, we exactly. don't stand a chance to do it. <laughs> Let's pray that we don't fall asleep. Hallelujah. Father, we just thank you for Tim. Lord, thank you for the journey that you're taking him on and took him on. And uh, yeah, with Tim, we just say there's even more for you. More on that adventure of faith, the journey of faith for you. And Lord, we just thank you that he's here tonight. And I pray that we would have open ears and hearts to receive what you prepared in his heart and in his life. That your name be glorified. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Cool. I'll step up here. All right, well, it's nice to be here and share worship with you, and uh, you've passed the first test, which is, uh, when I look at this water, it's clear, it's fresh, it's good. My dad once went to a church, the water had a green film floating on the top, so thanks for getting me some fresh water, Andrew. Yeah. So today I want to talk about mission, basically, and I wonder what you think of when you hear the word mission. Or when you hear the word missionary, perhaps you think of Mission Impossible. Could we have a slide up there? I've got slides. Oh, that's oh, not one of my slides. It'll, it'll animate onto the screen. Look. Next one. Mission Impossible. Yeah. I watched the most recent Mission Impossible film the other day. Really good. So perhaps you think of Mission Impossible when you hear the word mission. Or perhaps you think of uh, the classic missionary who goes to far-off lands to set up a church like Jeremy Irons in the mission. Have Jeremy Irons up, please. There he is, Jeremy Irons, doing his kind of missionary stuff. Or or recently the film Silence. Uh, Some of you might have seen that. That had Liam Neeson in it. Uh, Again, about missionaries. Or perhaps you think of your pastors as missionaries. Uh, which uh, is perhaps slightly worrying if those photos are anything to go by. Um, what happened to all that hair, Adrian? It's, it's long flowing locks. <laughs> but today, I want to ask you the question, do you see yourselves as missionaries? Do you see yourselves as missionaries? And we're going to unpack what that means as we, we go along. But essentially, a missionary is someone who's been sent on a mission. Someone who has been given a task or something to do. So when my wife asks me to go and get some milk or to take the bins out, I am, in a sense, going on a mission. Even though it's an incredibly boring mission, uh, it's still a mission. And interestingly, every one of the Gospels ends with Jesus giving people a mission or sending people out for a specific task. So the classic example is from the Gospel of Matthew, where Jesus says, go, and make disciples of all nations. In a similar way, the longer ending of Mark says, go into the world and proclaim the gospel to the whole of creation. In the gospel of Luke, Jesus says, proclaim the good news of forgiveness to all nations. 
And in the Gospel of John, Jesus says, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I am sending. And we're going to focus on Matthew uh, tonight. But there's this theme at the end of all the Gospels where Jesus tells people to go. He gives them a mission. He sends them into the world with a task. Uh, You might want to think of it like this. Jesus is M and you are James Bond or Jane Bond, you know, depending on who you are. Uh, Jesus is M and you are James Bond. Or perhaps the mission you've been given is like that radio tape at the end of Mission Impossible, or at the start of Mission Impossible, but hopefully your Bibles won't self-destruct afterwards. So you have been sent on a mission. Jesus gives a mission. So if you turn with me to Matthew 28, or if you look at it, it's on the screen. Uh, We're just going to spend a bit of time unpacking that, uh, and I will read that now. Mine's from uh, ESV, so yours might be the same, different. Depends what version. Now the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. And when they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. So the resurrected Jesus in this passage uh, is hanging out with uh, his disciples on a mountain. Uh, They worship him and he sends them out. And the people he calls to go on that mission are his disciples. The people he calls to go on that mission are his disciples. And that's important. Because what is a disciple? It's not just an initial one of those 12 followers of Jesus. A disciple is a follower, a pupil, an apprentice, an adherent. I like that word adherent. It reminds me of adhesive, okay? Something that sticks things together. It's like that song by Velvet Undergrounds. You know the song? I'm sticking with you because I'm made out of glue. Anything that you might do, I'm going to do too. So a disciple is someone who sticks with Jesus and commits to following him day by day. In other words, a disciple of Jesus and a Christian is the same thing. So the, the Christian author Dallas Willard says this. He says, the New Testament is a book about disciples by disciples and for disciples of Jesus Christ. All of the assurances and benefits offered to humankind in the gospel presuppose such a life and do not make realistic sense apart from it. We cannot be Christians without being disciples. We cannot be Christians without being disciples. But I think one of the problems with our our culture today is that often our culture separates being a Christian from being a disciple. So I wonder how many conversations you've had with friends or family where people will say, you know, I'm a, Christ- I'm a Christian. I was christened. Anyone heard that one? Yeah. yeah. Or I'm a Christian. My mum and dad go to church. Or I'm a Christian because I live in the UK and, and the UK is a Christian country, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, you know, we, we hear all of these kind of things thrown around, all these sayings. And all of them presuppose that being a Christian is something separate from being a follower of Jesus day to day. But as we've seen, a Christian simply is a day-to-day follower of Jesus. A Christian simply is a disciple. 
And if you look at the passage, there are a few things that mark Jesus' disciples out as disciples. So, for example, they are obedient to Jesus. They worship Jesus. They make more disciples. They teach people about Jesus. They help people to observe and obey his commandments. In other words, you can't just say, I'm baptized, so I'm a Christian, or I attend church, so I'm a Christian. That's like saying, I made a cake, but the only ingredient I used was sugar. I remember coming to your church last time I came. Plenty of cakes for me. It was brilliant. It was fixed, though, wasn't it? Your wife won. Okay, so Christian discipleship is this day-to-day walk with Jesus. This day-to-day walk with Jesus. And it's characterized by a whole bunch of ingredients. Worship, obedience, telling people about him, as well as baptism. So the next question is, who does Jesus send on this mission? Disciples. And what are disciples? Christians. Christians. So Jesus is sending you. Jesus is sending you. You are a disciple. You are a missionary. So I uh, got one of Emily Swinburne's Facebook profile pictures and put it on Jeremy Irons from the mission. It's difficult to tell there, but yeah. So Emily Swinburne, she's not here. Um, but good. Are you sending it? Good. So you've been called to go on a mission and to tell people about Jesus. If you're a Christian and you're breathing, then you're part of this mission. You are a missionary. So then, what does being a missionary look like for us? Does it mean that we have to go to China? Does it mean that we have to go and visit Paddington in deepest, darkest Peru? Well, not necessarily. What we do have to do is go into those places that need to hear about Jesus. Tell people about him. You know, that might be Hope Cafe, Petersham Hall. That might be doing some outreach at Time to Talk. I'm just thinking of some of the stuff you're doing already. It might be inviting someone along to a church event or chatting to your colleagues at work, talking to your kids about Jesus. But it will involve going. It will involve going. Jesus doesn't say go for nothing. And it takes effort to go somewhere, right? We're called to be dynamic, walking, as well as talking Christians. So it will involve going into the world. It will mean that that we don't simply invite people into church from the community. It means that as a church, we go out into the community. We go out into the community. And again, disciples is the key word here. So Dallas Willard says again, he says this, the greatest issue facing the world today with all its heartbreaking needs is whether those who by profession or culture are identified as Christians will become disciples, students, apprentices, practitioners of Jesus Christ, steadily learning from him how to live the life of the kingdom of the heavens into every corner of human existence. We're not simply trying to get people to believe that Jesus existed. Or say a sinner's prayer. We're wanting to help people in their lifelong journey with Jesus. While discipling requires bringing people to saving faith in Christ, it involves much more, including the nurturing of Christians day to day through the rest of their lives. So you're not going to get to Leeds, for example, if you stop at Tib Shelf Services. Okay? Jesus wants you to go all the way with him, this day to day, ongoing journey. So if you look again with me at the passage from Matthew, we're not simply told to uh, baptize people, we're also told to teach people to obey Jesus. That means that the mission not only involves bringing more people to a knowledge of Jesus, it involves teaching each other 
each other to walk in his ways. It's not simply about making more Christians, but it's also about helping people who are already Christians to become more like Jesus. So Jesus sends disciples to go and make disciples. But how are we going to do that in our lives? How are we going to do that when we leave this place? How are you going to join in with that mission? That's going to look different in different people's lives. So um, for me, Andy uh, mentioned briefly that I've just started a new job with Friends International. Friends International are a Christian organization who work with international students and they help churches to do evangelism, discipleship, and prepare international students to go back to the countries that they've come from to be leaders in the church. And as you can imagine, some international students come from places where Christians are persecuted. And so part of Friends International's goal is to provide them with the tools that they need to go back and share Jesus. And so there's a lot of Chinese people in in Loughborough, which is where I'll be based and where I am based. Um, And so that's the kind of thing that they do. But for me, it wasn't about going to the other side of the world. It was about speaking to those from the other side of the world where I'm at. For you, it might be something different, but you've got to keep your eyes out for what God might be calling you to do in this mission where you're at. So it doesn't necessarily involve going all the way across the world. You can be a missionary right here, right now. And you'll gradually realize what that is, what that calling is, the more you listen to Jesus. Uh, So my interest in international student ministry started here in Long Eaton. Um, Over the past few years, we've been reaching out to Mormon missionaries, uh, and they've been coming uh, from all over the world. And we've been able to invite about 10 Mormon missionaries into our house and talk to them about Jesus and what he's really like. And we kind of got the taste for sharing Jesus with people from all over the world. And we realize that perhaps God is calling us to something like that full time. The more we thought and the more we prayed, the more we felt we were kind of being pushed into this ministry. Um, and, and when people start to tell us about international students, suddenly our hearts were beginning to feel and break for international students. And I kind of wonder who that is in your community, who that is in your area. So, for example, uh, for, for me, when they were talking about international students or, or internationals on uh, telly, the BBC that say that almost one in seven countries from around the world has a prime minister or head of state who studied in the UK, in the UK university. So 27 countries have a UK-educated leader. Students are coming to England from all over the world. Uh, they range from the Australian prime minister to the Syrian president Bashar al-Assad to the president of Iran, I'm going to try and say this right, Hassan Rouhani. And the more we learn about this, the more we learn about that, the more we felt God was calling us and giving us a push towards that ministry. So I wonder where God is calling you. What are those kind of clues in your life? What, what is it that God's speaking into your life where you're like, yeah, I think actually God is calling me to do something about that. So my mate Fred, uh, he came here the other week uh, and shared his testimony. Uh, he, for a while, felt like God was encouraging him to be part of charity work. And eventually, he, he, he saw CAP, Christians Against Poverty, thought, hang on, this is fitting what God's talking to me about. God had kind of put people in his life to kind of push him towards working with CAP, and he's doing some kind of volunteering stuff with them as well. So just watch out for the kind of things that God might be doing in your lives. Uh, and listening out for, for that still small voice. And the, the kind of last thing I want to say, really, before uh, I go into a video and response time, this mission that we're called on, 
is a church effort. It's a church effort. So Jesus has, has called disciples to make disciples and to encourage others who are also making disciples. So it's a community effort. So, for example, my job, I'm talking about my job again, uh, is uh, dependent on people funding me uh, to do the work. So I have about uh, 30 or 40 people who are giving regularly to me and, and Miriam to keep us going in this, in this call, in this mission. And, in fact, that's part of the reason why I've come here tonight, if you want to uh, be one of my partners, whether that's uh, just in prayer or, or financially. I've got some forms down there. But my point is that my role in God's mission, or our role in God's mission, is dependent on God's church. It's dependent on us encouraging each other to keep going with Jesus and to step out and tell people about Jesus. The mission that we've been given is a family mission. So we're not doing that alone. We We all depend on each other to get the best out of each other. So I really want to encourage you to support people around you in this great mission that God has given us, this rescue mission. So that might be encouraging your colleagues and family members to kind of step out. It might be setting up a a course or something that that helps people in church to to talk to their friends about Jesus. Whatever it is, support each other. And I think we get that from Jesus as well. So at the end of that passage from Matthew 28, you you see that Jesus says, And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. So Jesus is supporting his people on a mission. And if we're called to be like Jesus and stick to Jesus and stick with Jesus, then we want to be with our family on this mission, supporting our family on this mission. So again, just to sum up, Jesus sends disciples to make more disciples and encourage other disciples along the way. So I want to encourage you today, if you're a Christian, you're a missionary. Jesus is with you now, and it's time for you to go and make disciples. And as we finish, I just want to, uh, in fact, the, the points are on there. If you click them through, if you're making notes, there are the points. Um, just as we kind of finish, what I would like to do is to watch a short video. It kind of sums up some of the stuff I'm saying, but it's also inspiring and, and a kind of challenge for us to go out. So if we could play that video, that would be fantastic. are a few things uh, for me personally that are more exciting than seeing someone become a Christian, like move from death to life, as uh, Paul would say in Colossians 1, to watch someone be transferred out of the domain of darkness and into the kingdom of his beloved son. Uh, Like, I love that, and yet conversion, as exciting as it is, it isn't the command that we've been given. The command that we've been given is to make disciples or followers of Jesus Christ. So so although we rejoice anytime the Spirit of God opens the heart of someone to believe and they surrender their lives to Him, what we're wanting to see happen, what we give our lives to is disciple-making, longing, praying, hoping for people to become followers of Jesus Christ. And although I think when we talk this way, I think people tend to have this picture of kind of this international adventure where you've got to get on an airplane, you've got to fly to the other part of the world to be a part of disciple-making or missions. And uh, and, and I want to try to encourage you in this quick little uh, video that, that God has uniquely wired you and uniquely placed you right now where you are to make disciples. And, and although God will call many to hop on planes and go to unreached and go to other countries, for most of us, he's put us right where we are. He's uniquely wired us. He's uniquely placed us. And, and he's invited us into what he will do 
for us. We need only be obedient and join what he is up to. I've oftentimes described this as God kind of invites us to go to work with him. It's this kind of cosmic go to work with dad day. Uh, And some of the practical ways we can participate in disciple making is one, living a life of hospitality, opening our home and inviting people into our home as if they were families. Uh, This can be those who are in church with us as we speak life into maybe um, widows, uh, singles, um, those who are in difficult seasons. This can be unbelievers that we're having into our home. We're just treating them like family. We're just showing them the love that God has shown us. We're showing them the hospitality that God has shown us. We also evangelize. We want to open our mouths and tell people about the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. We want to help people see that a lot of the struggles that they experience are actually sins committed against a holy God and are out of step with God's creative design for them uh, and be able to show them here's the more beautiful way. And the first part of lining up with this beautiful way is to surrender our lives to Jesus Christ as he has paid for these sins, not struggles, uh, and has made a way for us to be reconciled with God. Uh, And then the last thing is just be faithful where you are. And and, and recently at uh, the Village Church, there was a woman who shared her testimony. She has four little boys, uh, stay-at-home mom, and began to just kind of encourage and love the woman who had two little kids next door to her. And, and so when you think about kind of global impact, most of the times you're not thinking about a, a stay-at-home mom with four little boys, and yet this woman just faithfully loved her neighbor, showed hospitality to her neighbor, began to share the gospel with her neighbor where she was doing the thing that God had called us to do. And she saw her neighbor give her life over to Jesus Christ. And if you if you could consider all of us in all the domains that we're playing in, at work, at home, in our neighborhoods, in the places that we play, carrying with us the hospitality of God, the good news of the gospel on our lips, being faithful where we are. You're looking at a recipe that, that what you see in the Bible leads to the transformation of souls, areas, towns, communities, cities, and ultimately the world. And so let me encourage you to use your life and the days of your life seeking to make disciples uh, of all men and women across all nations on the earth, starting exactly where you are today. Yeah, so we're making disciples, not just converts. And I I think, you know, in, in response, there are probably a few things that we could pray for for that. Perhaps you want to become a disciple of Jesus. Perhaps you want to become a follower of Jesus. Perhaps uh, you've only been a kind of Christian on the surface thinking, you know, I'm baptized, I come to church. Uh, That makes me a Christian, right? I'd encourage you to become a disciple of Jesus and we'd love to pray for you in that. Second thing, perhaps you're not sure where God is calling you to. Perhaps you're not sure who it is in your life and where you're at that you can be a missionary to. I think, you know, we'd love to pray into that and kind of have a process of discernment and ask God, where is it that you want me to be? Where is it that you want me to be? And I think thirdly and finally, perhaps you want to step out. You want courage to step out into the place where you're at. You know where you're called. You're just feeling a bit like, this is scary. We want to pray into that and that God would give you courage. It says in the Bible that God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of love and power and a sound mind. And I just want to kind of give people the opportunity to be encouraged by the Spirit. Um, so yeah, there are those few things that we can pray for. Um, is there anything you feel like 
So if you want to um, be prayed for or pray for the people around you, these guys are just going to play and uh, we'll spend that time in prayer for the next couple of minutes. Father, I pray that you would just come now. I pray that you would speak to us. I pray that you would help us to discern where you're calling us. And I pray that you would touch hearts and break hearts for the places that you're calling people to. Holy Spirit, just come and touch people and, and move in people's hearts.